Hello, coming to you live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome to Her Next Chapter, the podcast dedicated to sharing stories from amazing women who have reinvented their careers or lives. Could be total changes, could be side hustles. I'm Stephanie Pierce, mother of three, wife of one, former corporate exec, and now I am the founder and CEO of StephPierce.com. And I am Julie Burton, founder of Modern Well, a female-centered co-working space in Minneapolis. And I'm the author of The Self-Care Solution, A Modern Mother's Must-Have Guide to Health and Well-Being. And I'm a mother and a wife. In each episode, Julie and I will bring you these awesome stories about the power, pain, and laughs that come from change. Are you ready for your next chapter? Hey there, Steph. Hi, Jules. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. I'm always good when I get to talk to you. I, I mean, me. life just is better talking to Steph. We should really think about recording on like a Monday because <laughs> it would make Mondays so delightful. But instead, yeah. listeners, we record on Fridays and it does really add a fun little addition into our into the Friday. So yes, yes. it is lovely, it's... lovely to see you. We are not in studio together. No, but we're we're looking at each other on Zoom. Yeah. And I'm also really happy and excited today because our guest is so inspiring. And I, this particular guest, I really like, I, we, I, I feel like there's sort of a soul sister thing with Jill and I. And, um, do and tell, Jules. I, well, okay. So here we go. So Jill Koffenberg is our guest today. We are so excited to talk to her and hear her story and share her beautiful story with our listeners. So Jill and I met um, through one of our, our other guests, Aaron Newkirk. Imagine that, the master okay. connector. Um, Jill, Jill's husband, Justin, and Aaron worked uh, together. And when I started Modernwell and, and Aaron, you know, joined the board and and she said, oh, I know somebody who is starting a co-working space in Stillwater and you need to meet. And she's amazing. Um, and so we did. And Jill came to Modern Well early on. Um, and I'll never forget, we sat we sat on one of the couches and literally just, I don't know, two hours, three hours, um, talked about everything, life and motherhood and entrepreneurship and reinvention, even the, before this thing happened, right? Before her next chapter um, was a thing. We were, we were talking reinvention. Um, Jill has reinvented herself, um, as she will explain to us, moving from corporate and sales into entrepreneurship um, in just a super inspiring way. Um, she is the founder and CEO of Liftbridge Cowork, where she has acquired, renovated, and designed two 1885 historic buildings back to their original roots for professionals to optimize work and life in Stillwater, Minnesota. And I have visited her spaces and they are stunning and cool and inspiring. So if you live out in that neck of the woods, make sure to check out Liftbridge Cowork. She is also the founder and CEO of Chopper Mill Inc., a children's outdoor apparel company that she is launching in 20, early 2022. And we're so excited to hear more about that. Yeah, that is there, awesome. I know. I know. She's kind of now you're like 
kind of have that serial entrepreneur title, like like your husband, right? Or, or he's like you. It's contagious. Yes. Well, what's going to be interesting to hear about, because I think a lot of our listeners, this is the first thing I thought to myself was co-working space, children's apparel. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it Yeah. It doesn't but, it, I, but it gets to that thing of <laughs> sometimes everything doesn't fit together neatly in a bow and that doesn't mean that you can't do it. So I'm going to be excited to hear about that for sure. Yes. Yes. And, 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 and her, and Jill's bio goes on, right? She, she does a lot of really cool things. She's also the co-founder of St. Croix Enterprises, a land holding company, which acquires and conserves undeveloped land in the St. Croix Valley. She was in medical device sales for 10 years and was part of three debut sales organizations for three medical device startups each of which were successfully acquired. So Jill brings a lot to the table and she she comes at it from a place of humility. She's super humble, but I think she should be just like telling everybody how absolutely amazing she is. So we're going to we're going to help gonna you do, do that. that today. We are going to do that. Yes. That's awesome. So Jill, thank you for for being with us today, and we're just excited to talk to you. Thanks for having me. This is great. I'm really excited. Although, yes, you're right. I I don't love talking about myself, so you're pushing me, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're here for. (laughs) So Jill, we ask all of our guests this, and um, I think our listeners really, really appreciate this because reinvention is, it's a big word, right? And it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So we are curious to know what reinvention means to you. You know, uh, when, you know, you say that in such a way, you know, reinvention is such a big word and, um, I feel like it's, it's something that actually has been kind of a constant in my life for a very long time, even as a young kid, cause I was really shy. And so to me, it's just in really embracing change overall and, and thinking about that, this isn't the last stop for you. And even when you're going through something, um, that it's okay to, say, I'm going to close that chapter, you know, to your point of this amazing name of this podcast for next chapter. I mean, really, you can close that chapter and it's okay to put a bow on it and say it's done and then totally switch gears and um, lean into something else that you're really passionate about. And so that's kind of what it means to me. I love that. And you can decide to put that bow on it (laughs) any, any time, right? Like, and you know, it it could be a, pretty bow or just like move it along, right? Like um, or shove it under the bed if you don't yes. like it. <laughs> right. Shove it under the bed. So okay, so so back to Steph's point. Co-working to children's apparel. So I know this has been a little bit under wraps for a while and you and I have had, you know, some some covert conversations. <laughs> but I am excited to to hear you talk about this new company, Jill. Or maybe even because the co-working space, there was stuff before that. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. Okay. Yeah. Walk us through. Just walk us through your journey. So here's a little bit of my background. So I, I went to Eau Claire, uh, University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire for school, 
I found a passion for sales and that's the track that I chose. So my first real job was with Hormel Foods and I get to sell spam in the grocery division with Hormel Foods. And I was really excited about that because I had a professor there actually was like, if you want to be amazing, you know, you go for fortune 500. And so I was really excited to get that coveted job. And I was the rep for Minneapolis. So I was excited to move to the big city. I'm originally from Austin, Minnesota. So I also had some pride around that because I'm from Spamtown, USA originally. So um, it was really fun. And I got to uh, cover about 200 stores and a couple states and sling, you know, some spam. What was, uh, what was amazing about it is just the ability to really grow myself as pushing myself out of my boundaries, because for me, it wasn't always that I should be a salesperson. I was actually very introverted. And so that was my first reinvention. I would say was like, okay, learning how to hit a quota and learning how to go into these places and go back and find the butcher while he's like cutting through a slack of ribs. And you're like, Hey, but I just kind of want to talk to you about a couple more facings for spam or whatever it might be. So going through that was amazing. Then I was lucky enough to get promoted into to Iowa. And in the meantime, my husband, Justin, who Julie knows was starting his company and we started dating. Okay. So Justin was super excited that I got promoted to Iowa because now I was in the deli division. So now I had access to salami and turkey and ham. So this was like a big deal. That was dinner. Exactly. <laughs> and at that time, you guys, I mean, I was making, I think my first uh, deal, it was like 39,000 a year plus like four grand in bonuses if I did a good job. So be, in my first year, you know, Justin's totally like we decided, hey, you're going to do the entrepreneur gig. I'm going to work the corporate world and like, it's totally fine. You're not going to pay yourself. And so I would get like salami samples. And when I was in Iowa and he was in Eau Claire still in his, like in um, the old Unirail tire factory in the startup sitting on Home Depot buckets for chairs because they couldn't afford a chair. I would bring back the salami and that would get him by for the week it, in all seriousness. And I did get this approved through my manager, by the way. So, um, you know, it, I humble I found, beginnings. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. I just found that, you know, committing to something and, uh, saying, Hey, you know, this is going to be dicey, but we're, we can make it through. That's great. So then we went from that to, from Hormel. I, I realized that I need a little more compensation because Justin's company was still like in a difficult state. And so, um, one of my friends had gone into medical device sales and I love the idea of like helping patients through like my ability of sales. And so I was able to get my first job doing that. And, um, I was able to, you know, go to different startups. And what I, what I realized that my constant, like, perhaps personality flaw, if you will, is that I kind of like struggle um, in that I kept going to startups. So I would help grow them. They would get acquired. And then when we were at the big company, I would find that I actually liked when I was the little guy that nobody knew and like trying to establish a great product and then trying to help them grow again. And I really liked that part of it. And so for me, that was a big reinvention for me because I didn't used to always like struggle. I didn't like to put myself out there. And so that's what I think of when I think of those days, then all of a sudden children come in the mix. And I think if there isn't a reinvention that is any bigger to me, it was having kids 
because it is not my default position to be able to sit at home all day. Like I'm kind of, I move a lot. I like to go around. And so we were fortunate enough that Justin's company uh, did get acquired. And so I actually, for the first time, you know, having been the breadwinner for probably 10 years, at least the tables had turned and he, I was able, he was having a more demanding travel schedule. And I did feel like I did what I wanted to do as you said, you know, talking about put a bow on it. I felt like my device career was awesome and I loved it, but I also like hated missing the first steps of my children. And, um, I missed a lot. I mean, I worked, I, I covered 10 States at one point. I put on 70 to hundred thousand miles a year, probably for 10 years approximately. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was really hard. I remember one time when I was heading up for Fergus falls and the wind was 70 miles an hour with a blizzard. I had to be a case in grand forks, North Dakota. There was like 20 semis around me and I'm sitting there with two, like, I think there were three in one at home. And I thought, what am I doing? Like, am I going to die on the road in North Dakota doing sales? Like, what am I doing? And so that was my next reinvention was I'm okay with like, even though I know I I can do medical sales well, like I want to be really good mom. And so then I moved into being a mom. So I I got to stay at home and I was really lucky that uh, I got that opportunity because not everyone does um, if they want to. And so I stayed at home and that was hard for me because I'm used to being out in the world and kind of moving and grooving with business stuff. And so I had to take a very honest look at myself and say, what, how am I going to like make this like my new goal? And, um, we ended up going through that. And then I found myself kind of stuck and I was pretty like, you know, this isn't not that staying home isn't challenging. We all know that's like the hardest job in the world for sure. But I felt intellectually that I missed like those complex conversations with physicians and um, the challenge of being in a competitive work environment. So I had been driving uh, my kids to piano or something. And I went down main street in Stillwater and I saw this building for sale and I've always loved architecture and design. And um, I just said, Hey, Justin, maybe we should buy that building. Like maybe I could like redesign it or something. And he's like, are you crazy? Like, what are you even talking about? And I'm like, well, you know, like, I know I don't have any experience in it per se, but I like, I love it. And maybe I'll just like try to teach myself about it and we'll hire a contractor. So, so we ended up doing that. Um, we ended up buying two buildings, as you mentioned, uh, before, and, um, we secured our downstairs tenant wh- whose name is Emily um, in her business is Mon Petit Cherie. She's actually, she originally founded her company in Minneapolis and we convinced her to move to Stillwater. So anyway, so we secured her and then we weren't sure what to put upstairs. And um, someone we know knew me and said, you love entrepreneurs. Why don't you open a co-working space? And I said, well, I don't know anything about co-working. I was in device, like in the hospital, like I don't know, you know, and, um, they said, no, you really should look at it because I think you'd get a lot out of it. And I had always had this idea, you know, I'd always loved being around people that are entrepreneurial and every single device that I loved was a startup. So I love this idea of like cultivating a community of like hustlers, grinders, like people that are just like trying to make it, you know, it's just, uh, what's in my heart. And so it's been the most, uh, you know, greatest blessing in disguise that like I randomly saw the first sale sign because otherwise I don't think I would have ever been lucky enough to meet all these amazing members that I have at the co-work. That's, That's so cool. 
And so, so how many cool. members do you have in your co-working space right now, Jill? And I wonder, sure. do they have a bunch of different backgrounds or? Yeah, they really do. So we have 41 members right now. And our policy here is it's a 30 day, it's a month to month uh, rental. They just have to give 30 days notice. So what's interesting is probably over the last two and a half years that we've been open, I would say we've had at least probably 300 people come in and out over the years. And it's awesome. I mean, we get everyone from lawyers to graphic designers, uh, tech entrepreneurs, venture capital. Um, I mean, you name it. It's it's everybody. Sales reps. I mean, realtors. There's just, everybody's here. And it's really great. A lot of good energy. That's so awesome. I love, you know, the the part of your story, you know, and landing in a co-working space, it totally makes sense, right? Just given, given your background and not that you necessarily saw it, it's like, kind of like, I never saw myself owning a co-working space, but then when you kind of piece it together, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I do love entrepreneurship and I love being around this energy. My favorite piece of your story is, I mean, there's lots of them, but like how you really kind of held your family up and like and and sort of and support well not sort of you did you did support your family while Justin was you know building his his dream and I think I think that you know we haven't really talked very much on this podcast about kind of the partnership piece in Mm -hmm. in reinvention right because I think that when you're in a relationship and a partnership and somebody is trying to reinvent or start something there there's there's stuff that has to happen right and has to be agreed upon and sacrifices that have to be made and i love the story and that and then and then you guys kind of agreed like okay i'm we're going to switch a little bit and and you know then you were able to stay home what you wanted to do and i i think there's a there's a really important piece there about about the relationship and about about supporting each other in in the reinvention process. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm really, really lucky because Justin and I uh, were like the each other's well, biggest cheerleader, but also just we run at the same cadence and there's a very open communication uh, between us on just, you know, what it means to be professionally happy, but what it also means to be personally happy when Justin, like, I mean, there was time and he even told me you guys when I was like, Hey, maybe I should just stay home. Cause you just got bought by NBC. This is insane. Like you have to fly to 30 rock. You have like a office next to Jimmy, like what's going on, you know? And I said, I think, you know, maybe I should stay home. And he's like, no, you, you don't need to stay home. Like you need to keep working. Cause he, like, he was like telling me, I mean, and similarly, when I got promoted to Iowa for Hormel, he had the ring in his pocket. didn't tell me, told me to go anyways. I mean, talk about cheerleader. Like he knew like, Hey, we're going to end up together, but still wanted me to take the promotion regardless, even though we had to drive from Eau Claire to Des Moines. 51 of 52 weekends, which was crazy. Um, oh but we were in love and it, and it's like, we're just lucky because we met as friends first and, um, I think appreciated each other's drive and ambition. And yeah, I just, I'm really lucky that I have a support system 
So he wanted you to keep working because he thought that is what made you ha- like was going to make yeah. you happy. He was worried that you were going to not be fulfilled. Is that? Yes. What he, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because he just knows that he's like, you're built like me, you know, mm-hmm. your, your DNA isn't, and he's not like saying, oh, well, you know, you can't stay home. It was more that he's like, I know that what like completes you is like making sales, being competitive, like getting mm-hmm. out there with people. And, um, he, he's like, I just don't want you to like lose that. And I said, well, I appreciate that. But I also like, feel like being a stay home mom to me was like the ultimate challenge because I pushed myself to like a level of uncomfortableness that I hadn't previously experienced because that is when you are really like you're um, with yourself so much that you have to be really honest with yourself. Right. Because like, you can't have an adult conversation with like three kids under the age of five, obviously, you know, and they have their stuff and you're just sitting kind of with your own, like, what is it that like makes me really happy? So for me, it was, I was able to become more of a conscious parent by doing that. And I'm not saying that you can't be as as when you're working full time, but for me, I'm very grateful that I did that and pushed myself outside of that boundary that I'm used to, because I think it made me a better parent Mm -hmm. overall and having now go, you know, reinventing myself back into the workforce. I feel like I'm, uh, I'm just dialed in a little better for, for what I, you know, probably needed. Mm -hmm. And so I'm grateful for that. And now you're full circle back into, into children's, children's clothes, like, like your, your passion for motherhood and, and, and caring about kids. Um, so, so tell us about this, this next venture. So, um, this next venture, so I, I can't really share a lot <laughs> yet. I'm dying to though. I, I knew um, you were going to say that. I could just, I know, right? we totally get it though, Jill. Mm-hmm. We totally I it. so want to, I truly do. Um, here's what I'll say. Number one, you, you, you might say to yourself, why, why is she at a cohort? And then why is she now doing like, I'm, it's going to be an e-commerce business. And here's the thing. So when I was staying at home, um, this idea came to me. So I've been thinking about this for five years minimum. It's one of those ideas that I just couldn't shake. I've had a lot of ideas over the years. If you ask Justin, he'd be like, oh my gosh, she's giving me like 200 and he's always like horrible, horrible, you know, <laughs> great, you know? And so anyways, so we always bounce stuff back and forth um, with each other and it's always in good jest. But this, he was like, oh, you might be onto something. And so I said, well, I, I really want to try it. I think it's one of those ideas that I feel like I'd rather fail than not try. And I got to that point in the middle of the mm-hmm. pandemic, which mm-hmm. silver lining, I guess, of the pandemic. I mean, you know, I mean, Julie, yeah. as if like co-working, <laughs> that is not ideal in the pandemic, nope. right? No, nope. we like, started this podcast. Steph and oh. I started this podcast in the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Insane. And you're thinking, okay, wait, it, I mean, we weren't even a year old. We were 10 months in and now, and then all of a sudden I'm a homeschool teacher, which I am not a home. I mean, I think anyone that can do that is a saint and it's amazing. So yeah, I was really uh, floored by it. But anyways, I had a really great moment of like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this right. And I'm going to just totally go all in. And so I've decided to run both companies at the same time. So I'm going to do 
I have an amazing staff now at Liveridge Court that's going to run day-to-day operations here. I'm not going to miss a beat on, um, you know, being with my members because they're the ones that gave me the energy and like, honestly, the inspiration to go for it because being around them, I have one uh, tech company in particular that's here that they were like funded by Steve Case recently. I mean, it's amazing. And I've just had so many inspirational stories that I've come across that I finally was like, why not me? Like, why not do this e-commerce business, even though I have probably no business doing it. Um, but I feel passionate that this, um, the way we're going to think about children's apparel in this sector is going to be different than anything you've ever seen before. And uh, I, I'm just super excited to roll it out. And I'm also really passionate about making sure that the company itself has a vision overall and like a purpose of like having it be greater than itself. So, um, so that really fuels my reasoning of kind of jumping into it as well. I love that. I wonder, Jill, if you could talk a little bit about, you said you've been thinking about this for five years, and I think many of us have had an idea or two or 200 (laughs) that we've thought about for a really long time. What was, what was it that made you move forward? So what got you, why, why wasn't there a sixth year or a seventh year or an eighth year? You know, a lot of my decision-making since, uh, staying at home with the kids, it now, whenever I think of an idea, I think of how, what's my legacy for my kids. And I don't, and I don't mean that in like a, you know, I, it has to be big and grandiose. I think of it like when I stayed at home, I I obviously realized like, and we all know this, that, you know, leading by example is much easier than in, than preaching with words. And, um, the co-work was like kind of my first step into that in that I wanted to just show them like hard work ethic. I, I really, you know, wanted to make sure that they stay grounded, even despite, you know, Justin's, um, success. And I, I think it's really important to do that. Then I found myself, my, one of my daughters is a very good singer. And so I, she always talks about wanting to be a singer and I talked to her about like, okay, what are the things you need to do to like become a great singer? And like, we talked about, you know, like all the different things. And then I thought to myself, as I'm thinking about this idea, like, who am I to tell her, you know, like if this is my dream and that's her dream, like, why am I not doing my dream? And I, and I kind of had this aha moment, like, what am I waiting for? Like, seriously, this is ridiculous. I do think it's a good idea. I've vetted it 8,000 different ways because I've analyzed it over and over. And I I just kind of got to the point of like, if I'm going to talk the talk, I better walk the walk. And I don't know. I just felt so strongly that I had done enough research and that I really want to just be like a good example of like, even if you're older, you can still do it still, even if it's brand new and you have nothing to do with it. And I don't have any background in operations, you know, but it's, uh, I, I think it's really cool. And I want my kids to remember that about me. I echo that sentiment wholeheartedly. Right. I mean, yeah, it 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 and it is scary. And and I heard a couple times, Jill, you know, that 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 imposter syndrome, that mm-hmm. little that just sort of sits on our on mm-hmm. our shoulder, you know, who am I to but then 
but then you said that earlier, but then as you were talking about your daughter, you actually flipped it. I don't know if you noticed, like you flipped it and you were basically like, who am I not to? Right. Right. Like it's like, you know, we all think like, who am I to do this? I don't know what I'm doing. I've never started a co-working space. I've never run, you know, and then but then you do you think like, okay, I've got children who are watching me and I'm telling them like, go after your dreams and figure out what you have to do to be, you know, and then you're like, oh, but that actually I need to do that. And and example is is the best way to teach them. And so I, I love that. It's like, it is, it's like, who am I to? And then who am I not to? Mm-hmm. Um, and just having the strength and the courage to, to move forward, even when most of us, I mean, Steph, you know, we've talked about this, like, I mean, jumping off the, you know, leaving corporate America and start going off on your own, like what? Like, that's terrifying, right? Like, who am I to do that? And then you're like, but wait, I am who am I not to do this? I can do this. And so I love that. I love how, how even in thinking about your children and your legacy, that was kind of what like pushed you up and over that, that jumping off point. Thank you. So I wonder, Jill, if when you think about the, um, the moves that you've made and the boxes with bows that you've put together (laughs) for those people who are, um, kind of on this journey to reinvent. They're in corporate and they want to get out. Um, They're an entrepreneur and maybe they want to do something different. What advice would you give to our listeners? What like, what things do you think really resonated across uh, the changes and the reinventions that you made that you would want to pass on to others? I think it's really, the biggest thing is that reinvention, uh, well, in general, I think that we all have different expectations that we should only pick one career, which is kind of silly. If you think about like all the different things you do as a kid, you're in sports, you're in music, you're like, you do all these things. Right. And then we get older and then we decide on like one path. And why does it have to be one path? Like it shouldn't have to be one path. Why can't it just have branches that go off at different times in your life when you have different scenarios happen in your life? Like when you have kids, Clearly, it's more difficult, you know, to do things maybe that require travel more or whatever it is, right? So I just think that the expectation, um, I think you need to take like the mom gill or the expectations that you have for yourself in like one linear line. Um, I think you stuff it in the garbage (laughs) and you think to yourself, what do I actually want to do? And like, what actually gets me fired up to get out of bed and like go do and like try to conquer? I mean, that, that to me is, you know, kind of like the secret sauce, if you will. I think that is right. Like I do think sometimes I do wonder, you know, I picked engineering as my, what I wanted to study in college at 18. Mm-hmm. Like how committed right. to that? I mean, but you feel like you did it. And so you have to stick with it. Yeah. And, but for how long do you have to stick with it? And then you join a company and you're like, well, I guess I should stay. It's nice here. The people are nice, but you have that feeling that there's something else that I want to do, but can I do it? And I think for a lot of people, the financial part is really important. Like, sure, I could do it, but I still have to pay the bills and I still have to feed the kids and I want them to be able to participate in activities. And Mm -hmm. 
But I think that is a really great point that, I mean, you picked it at 18, Stephanie, get over yourself, right? Like, <laughs> Well, and, and right. And it's like, and we've talked about this before. I mean, you don't always have to, you know, throw the baby out with the bathroom. Like, like there's a lot of ways to, I mean, as Jill was even talking, like she's thinking about this for five years, right? So like, or, or, you know, doing side hustles um, that, you know, can kind of stimulate, um, you know, that, that sort of creative part that we all have, like you were saying, Jill, like as a kid, we, we did so many things, right? We, we tried to play the guitar. We, you know, ran track, we did, you know, or whatever, all these things that we, our brains were like stimulated. And then I think that, that it it's important to still dream and, and think about things for five years or, or do, you know, go for that side hustle that, you know, maybe you're not ready to leave your job yet, but you could still, you know, start making jewelry or start, you know, whatever. I think that that is really, really important. I love how you said how, like, the expectations of doing one thing um, are just so limiting. And it's, yeah. it's prob we're probably not living our best life in, in if we think about things that way. Right, mm -hmm. right. That's so, awesome. Thanks for that, Jill. That, that that's yep. a good one. Um, well, Jill, you we just wish you the very, very best of luck in your new venture. And when you can talk about it, we will, you know, just <laughs> scream it from the rooftops. So we'll, <laughs> we'll be excited for that. And just wishing you all the best in this in this next chapter that you're in. It was so nice to meet you, Jill. Thank you for the work that you're doing, you know, the gifts that you're giving to those folks that are able to connect with you. I think co-working spaces can be really, really invaluable to people. Um, so thank you for that. And um, looking forward to seeing your next chapter. Thank you guys so much for having me on. This has been just really fun. And I enjoyed just connecting with both of you. It's been wonderful. Thanks, Thanks Jill. Happy so holidays. Much, Jill. Thank you. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening to another episode of hernextchapter.co. You can follow us on Instagram at hernext.chapter. And you can find all of our lovely, fun, fabulous podcasts on all those places where podcasts can be found. Please follow us and give us five stars. We'd be so delighted and tickled. And we hope that you are enjoying your time with us. Last but not least, hernextchapter.co. You can check us out there as well. See you next week.